Coming up on Stu Does America, Glenn Beck joins me once again to preview tonight's extremely important special, the new Red Scare and our reality czars. Be sure not to mix that. It's after uh, this program. And California continues to implode in spectacular fashion. You won't believe the restrictions UC Berkeley has placed on its students in the midst of the coronavirus. Did you know that we are still under attack by the evil YouTube algorithm robots? Yes, we can fight back, but we're going to have to have you subscribe to our YouTube channel and podcast. And, you know, like everything that you watch, I'd appreciate it. And you can find links, of course, at stewdoesamerica.com to everything. Or maybe you want to take the fight a little higher, take on conservative censorship generally. You can help out with that by subscribing to Blaze TV. Just head to blazetv.com slash stew and enter the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. And you'll save 30 bucks off your price for a limited time. At this point, we might as well start sewing masks to our mouths, human centipede style, since it's only a matter of time before that gets mandated anyway. How far will the new administration go? Let's do double masks. Stew does America. Well, hello everyone. Guess what? It is time to put something else on your face. Yeah! Who's ready to celebrate? I know I am. I mean, if one mask was awesome, two masks must be even better, right? I mean, who's with me? This is going to be great. In fact, if two is better, what about three? And I mean, I just got to ask, wouldn't four be even better? Hmm? Let's just skip ahead and uh, let's just go for it. You know, pop on the uh, 25 mask combo here. I mean, this is it's a good looking. Can you guys still hear me? If I do the show like this, can you still hear me? Okay, I think it's going to be pretty good. <sighs> I mean, I think with all the masks, I can't even. Shockingly, I can't breathe through 25 masks that well. Uh, wearing 25 masks look great, I know. But I think with the upgrades that we have kind of coming our way soon, wearing 25 masks at once should be pretty much just... Probably till about June when they start recommending that, and then we'll go up from there. Uh, until then, I guess we're just supposed to wear two for now. I really can't keep track anymore. Just last uh, week, I think it was, we heard from Anthony Fauci. While it would make common sense, of course, that two is better than one, there's no data to support it. There are many people who feel, you know, if you really want to have an extra little uh, bit of protection, maybe I should put two masks on. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's no data that indicates that that is going to make a difference. And that's the reason why the CDC has not changed the recommendation. Hmm. And Biden administration COVID advisor Michael Osterholm said he thought two masks might actually be worse than one. If you put more of it on, all it does is it impedes the air coming through and it makes it actually blow in and out more along the sides. The fit becomes even less. Uh, effective. And so uh, actually double masking could be a detriment to your protection. <laughs> well, of course. Well, the CDC now uh, today is saying that wearing two masks will help block droplets. At least it will help if someone happens to cough at you inside a laboratory. The study basically says if you wear a typical surgical mask like most people do, you know, loosely, with caps on the sides, it, quote, blocked 42% of the particles from a, a simulated cough. Hmm. Yeah, you got to be all the people who are building simulated cough machines. The cloth mask alone actually performed slightly better. It blocked 44.3% of the particles. But it was the combo that really excited the CDC nerds. Quote, 
The combination of the cloth mask covering the medical procedure mask, double mask, blocked 92.5% of the cough particles. Mm. So get prepared uh, for the Andrew Cuomo's and Gavin Newsom's of the world to be requiring two masks anytime now. Of course, this is just a lab study, and I sincerely doubt that the main way people are getting COVID is because someone nearby is coughing directly at you. I've had approximately zero people cough directly at me since the pandemic began, and I got COVID. I don't intend on starting a new habit of uh, getting coughed on all the time, uh, but in case you are, now you know the results. Of course, the study also shows that one mask worn tightly, like you're kind of supposed to, in this case with a knot, to tighten it up on the side, still uh, reduced particles by about the same amount as the double mask, which basically says two masks work better than the ex in the experiment, largely because the top mask just makes the bottom mask fit better. But here's the most important point. I am so freaking sick of talking about masks. There are basically two groups of people in America. The group that is so anti-mask that not only do they not wear them, they spend most of their day criticizing other people for putting them on. And there's the group that thinks masks are the most important and virtuous thing ever invented. And if you're not wearing one in every situation, up to and including while making love to your spouse, you're basically Hitler. To be honest with you, and I know, I know this sounds weird. I don't obsess about wearing masks and I don't obsess about criticizing others for wearing them or not wearing them. I'm like a throwback to 2019. Remember those days when human beings had conversations about other topics? So this is it. I am done talking about frigging masks. This is the last mask monologue I am ever going to do. I can't talk about masks anymore. So, what am I going to do today? I figure I'll go through as many mask studies as I can jam in here and give you my best attempt at a summary of all the science in case you actually care. And then I am never talking about them again. Let me start with a viral post that lists about 10 studies that are mask skeptical. What do the studies actually say? A May 2020 meta-study on pandemic influenza published by the U.S. CDC. The studies here basically show slight benefit, but none classified as significant for wearing masks. Also included a warning, quote, most studies were underpowered because of limited sample size, and some studies also reported a suboptimal adherence in the face mask group. All right, a Danish randomized controlled trial with 6,000 participants published in the Annals of Internal Medicine in November 2020. This one was all over the Internet when it came out. You probably saw it. What does the study actually say? Those in the study not wearing masks had only a 17 percent higher relative incidence of COVID cases. The study notes, quote, although the difference observed was not statistically significant, the 95 percent confidence intervals are compatible with a 46 percent reduction or a 23% increase in infection. Well, thanks for that. Importantly, the study only measured the effect on those wearing masks. It didn't attempt to measure the spread to others, which is what the pro-mask people are always blabbing about. A July 2020 review by the Oxford Center for Evidence-Based Medicine. This review looked at many of the studies that appeared in other reviews. The text basically says we don't know how beneficial masks are for sure. Quote, it would appear that despite two decades of pandemic preparedness, there's considerable uncertainty as, the, as to the value of wearing masks. 
It makes it clear that these studies may not apply during a pandemic or with COVID-19, and it complains about study design throughout. Everyone's bitching about study design throughout the, all of these studies. One possible interesting nugget is the uh, one study about cloth masks shows that medical masks are far more effective. So take from that what you want. A May 2020 cross-country uh, study by the University of East Anglia found that a mask requirement was of no benefit and could even increase the risk of infection. This one basically just generally looked at countries and tried to extrapolate which restrictions were more effective than others. There are a lot of unknowns and overlapping factors at work here. As the study states, quote, we do not yet endorse using the results about the face covering issue in our main model being used to inform public policy. Well, thanks for all your effort on that one. Why did you even bother? I don't know. An April 2020 review uh, by two U.S. professors in respiratory and infectious disease from the University of Illinois. This one isn't really a study. It's just a commentary from a couple of doctors. But it basically says we don't have enough evidence to know if masks are effective, especially because people always wear them incorrectly. However, it does still recommend wearing masks, quote, Despite the current limited scientific data detailing their effectiveness, we support the wearing of mask uh, face coverings by the public when mandated and when in close contact with people whose infection status they don't know, end quote. An article in the New, York, uh, New England Journal of Medicine from May 2020, this one recommends a masks in many healthcare settings, but says they don't seem to provide much difference in everyday life. Not necessarily because they don't offer any protection, but because most transmission of the virus doesn't happen in passing circumstances. Quote, the chance of catching COVID-19 from a passing interaction in a public space is therefore minimal. In many cases, the desire for widespread masking is a reflexive reaction to anxiety over the pandemic, end quote. It does hit on something that I really believe is true and the media is super guilty of. Quote, focusing on universal masking alone may paradoxically lead to more transmission of COVID-19 if it diverts attention from implementing more fundamental infection control measures. Uh, another one. Let's go. We're just going. We're rolling through them. It's it's the end of mask season here on Studios America. An April 2020 Cochrane review. I'm not sure why this one is even included in this skeptical viral post. Honestly, it does say there was little to no benefit in many of the studies they looked at, but that quote. Most included trials that had poor design, reporting, and sparse events. In the end, they actually do recommend masks, quote, based on observational evidence from the previous SARS epidemic included in the previous version of our Cochrane Review. We recommend the use of masks combined with other measures, end quote. An April 2020 review by the Norwich School of Medicine. This one shows moderate benefit of wearing masks, cutting transmission between 6 and 19 percent, quote, we would conclude that wearing face masks can be uh, very slightly protective against primary infection from casual community contact and modestly protective against household infections when both infected and uninfected members wear uh, face masks. However, the RCTs often suffered from poor compliance and controls using face masks. This is a story throughout these things. And by the way, it's interesting. They want you that study showed wearing them in public. Not that big a deal. Wearing them at home. You should do that. Seems like the opposite they've been telling us. The review concludes, quote, the evidence is not sufficiently strong to support widespread use of face masks as a protective measure against COVID-19. However, there is enough evidence to support the use of face masks for short periods of time by particularly vulnerable individuals when in transient higher risk situations. By the way, you might think this is boring, but I love it because I'm never going to have to do it ever again after today.
Next up, a 2015 study in the British Medical Journal. This one basically says that the medical masks work, medical masks work, but cloth masks are not really working. And the people wearing the same ones over and over again and never cleaning them can actually harm themselves. It's like the cloth bag thing at the uh, grocery stores. Oh, you got to wear this. These, these cloth bags are green. You're going to love them. And then you get them and people like put their meat inside and then they don't clean the bags. If you don't wash the bags, you can actually cause health problems to yourself. And of course, nobody washes the bags. <sighs> this one does seem to recommend masks overall. However, at the end, quote, the data from the study provides some reassurance about medical masks and are, the, and are the first data to show potential clinical efficacy of medical masks. <sighs> but they recommend more research on how to design an effective uh, cloth mask if we're going to use them. I don't know. Make them good. An August 2020 review by a German professor in virology, epidemiology and hygiene. Can you be a professor in hygiene? Is that a thing? This one is in German, so I was working off Google Translate, so apologies. But it basically highlights these, you know, several of the other studies that we've already talked about here today and talks about potential problems with unwashed cloth masks. It's basically a review of uh, from one doctor, not a study per se, but it was written specifically about the German situation. Basically, it argues they shouldn't have mask mandates in Germany because they're not really having an issue with COVID in Germany in July. Obviously, the situation did wind up flaring up and changing in the coming months. That's all the studies in the mask skeptical viral post that's been going around. And then we have a few more mask friendly studies. This one from 2010 from the Annals of Occupational Hygiene says N95 masks work really well. But for other types of masks, maybe you get a 40 percent cut in viral particles. A study from the CDC on the outbreak of the USS Theodore Roosevelt showed that in extremely tight circumstances, about 80% of people who didn't wear masks got COVID, while only 56% of those who did wear masks got COVID. So there was a reduction, but it wasn't entirely uh, significant. It was, the, it was more significant than washing your hands, but 80 to 56%, eh. We could go on and on and on with these forever. There's a lot of them. The big question is, do masks do absolutely nothing or are they the perfect panacea that would fix everything if these stupid hicks in Florida would just wear their masks at the effing pool? The verdict is, are you ready? I'm so excited. This is the last one I have to do. Masks, are you ready? Masks seem to offer a moderate benefit in certain indoor circumstances if worn correctly. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I looked that. That was a hot take. Right there. Most studies seem to generally agree that we don't have enough studies to know for sure. Most of the studies we have sort of suck. There's usually a moderate benefit from masks, but it does not offer anything close to complete protection. Maybe if you have an N95, that might be an exception to that. But generally speaking, there's a moderate reduction, not a panacea. So what should you do? I will say, I don't know. I'm not your dad. You figure it out. Maybe make up your own freaking decision and leave everyone else alone about theirs. And that, my friends, are my final words from my final monologue about masks. Hold on, let me remove my masks. Having a First Leaf Wine Club membership is like being a VIP in the world of wine. You discover top-rated wine that you love from all around the world, an exclusive discounted cost with practically no, no effort whatsoever. There's a little effort at the beginning because you need to go on First Leaf and you, you get basically personalized selections. So you take kind of a quiz, which kind of wine do you like? 
which flavors do you like? What kind of flavor profile? You don't have to be an expert. These are like basic questions that anybody can answer. And then they will put it through their little algorithm there and they'll say, oh, they're going to love this wine, this wine, this wine, this wine. Uh, you can save up to 60% off uh, retail uh, prices on award-winning wine. And unlike other wine clubs, First Leaf uses an algorithm and your feedback to curate future wine recommendations as well, which means shipments only get better over time. When you tell them what you like, you get more and more of the good stuff. Discover new wine like a VIP by becoming a First Leaf member. Join today. You'll get six bottles of wine for $29.95 and free shipping. Just go to tryfirstleaf.com slash stew. That's six bottles of wine for $29.95 and free shipping. Tryfirstleaf.com slash stew. Tryfirstleaf.com slash stew. Welcome back to the illustrious Stu Does America set, Mr. Glenn Beck. Glenn's newest special airs tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, immediately following this program. It's the new Red Scare and our reality czars. Glenn, thanks for stopping by. You bet. Uh, happy birthday. Thank you. By the way, congratulations. 37. 37. 37. I was going to say, you look older than that. Well, I lot. work with you. Is that really? Yeah, the... and it has really aged me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you get any uh, additional, do you have those moments on birthdays where you get either terrified that you're getting old, or just additional perspective and knowledge and such? No. You did have, at one point, like kind of a Mid-life crisis, crisis birthday, right? Wasn't it yeah, 40, it was, 30, 30? It was 30 because, yeah. No, it was 40, I mm. think, because I felt like I hadn't accomplished anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what have I done with my life? I've wasted my life. I, you know, I was three, four years sober. Uh, and decided that I was going to do something with my life. And by my 50th birthday, I think we had 14, 13 number one bestsellers on the New York Times, <laughs> number one TV show, number one, you know, everything that we had done, started the blaze. And I was tired. So now I'm like, eh. <laughs> you don't have to do much of anything anymore. Um, let's, uh, can we talk, start with the impeachment? I, I, yeah. We've both been kind of, I think, on the same bandwagon where I don't want to bother talking about this every day. I don't want to obsess about it like the rest of the media is. I don't know that there's much to obsess about. Yes and no. Um, There's nothing to obsess about because I think this is a setup. This is an also ran. This is a distraction. Um, This does mean something, uh, but there are other really big pieces that we have all of the all of the players on the field and we can uh, we can look at like we're doing tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about the new McCarthyism and uh, and how that is really taking root in real ways. In the next few weeks, you're going to see we're going to show you some things that have astonished me, astonished me that they are this far down the road. Um, and we're working on those things and it'll be a special in a couple of weeks. Those are the things that I think we need to stay focused on. Me personally, I think it's important that we pay attention to the impeachment because it's never been done before. Um, I think, I agree with Alan Dershowitz, it's unconstitutional. Lawrence Tribe says it's absolutely constitutional. I don't buy into that. Um, But uh, I think this is more of a setup for the dangerous right-wing extremists. Um, and that's why this is important. But y- you can't understand that unless you spend time understanding what really is coming our way. So is this a, because we talked about this a little bit on radio, and I haven't heard people really go down this road at all. 
But there's been this sort of assumption since the beginning of the impeachment thing that the Democrats are going to pr- try to put their best foot forward and get as many votes as they can and maybe get Donald Trump removed forever. That was their no. ultimate goal. And Republicans um, didn't want to do that, obviously. Um, and I, I've come to this, and I think you have as well, uh, maybe for different reasons, but the way they worded it, the way they've handled this, the way they rushed it through, the way they're not allowing witnesses, all of this kind of says to me that they actually don't want Republican votes. Uh, you know, they'll take a few moderates mm-hmm. here or there, but like they would rather have used this as a way to say, those people on the right, those Republicans, wouldn't even punish Donald Trump for this. So we, we tie this together loosely. If you watch tonight's show, um, we start with the National Guard. They don't have a clear mission. We do not deploy the National Guard without a clear mission. Mm. We don't have a clear mission. We don't have an end date. Another rule broken. And there are no... No one would give us information on who the violent extremists are, um, where they are. The, the DHS has said there is no credible threat. Um, I, I just think that this is all being played as a setup to, if God forbid something happens, um, they can say all of these people we tried to stop it, and all of these people over there are part of the problem. Yeah, this is sort of their uh, event-based governing, basically. Like, they wait. They have these things in place. Mm-hmm. They wait for an, a big event to move everyone at the same time. Everyone's emotions, everyone's perspective uh, switches at the same time. They do it with the mass shootings, right? Like, we will go through a long time. Violence is down overall. We know that. But a big mass shooting that invokes emotion mm-hmm. is, a, is an opportunity for them to push gun control. Never waste a crisis. Right. So I'm not saying they're planning a crisis. I'm no. saying they're setting up for a crisis. Um, and that sounds conspiratorial. Mm-hmm. You're a well-known conspiracy theorist. Yeah, according as to the New the York media. Times. Mm-hmm. Um, however, Time magazine has just come out last week with an article uh, that that talked about a conspiracy, but it was a conspiracy to do good, according Mm -hmm. to the left, um, where they had left-wing activists, um, government agencies, uh, volunteers, and corporations, uh, and social media platforms, all working together and coordinated to make sure that the the election went off with a hitch and they did it in secret. Nothing, nothing. If you think it's good, nothing should be in secret when you're dealing with an election, when you're dealing with the American public. So we know that they did that and they 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 pat themselves on the back because they believe it did good. Well, so why should I not believe that you would be doing something in a conspiratorial manner now um, to to make sure we deprogram yeah. these Trump people and who they, are going to be violent? It can't be a coincidence that they're all using that word. It's not. Um, BuzzFeed, you know, did you see the BuzzFeed article today? BuzzFeed, I think it was BuzzFeed, 
um, came out with a, a really disturbing article about public-private partnerships. I think it was Axios, wasn't it? Axios, Axios yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. Public-private partnerships that would uh, deprogram these Trump supporters and these violent extremists. But we needed a public-private partnership because no one trusted the government. And because no one trusted the government, you needed the private sector to come in and partner with the government to give them credibility. Well, that's exactly what the Great Reset says. That's exactly what the Great Reset says. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting because, I, I mean, I've seen this firsthand. You know, one of the things I do for the shows, uh, you know, I'll hop on these calls with experts and stuff about various topics or whatever. One of the situations I get on with is, is this, uh, a COVID call, and I go over all the, mm -hmm. the details of what's going around the country. And it's all journalists on there, like, mm -hmm. trying to, to understand what's going on. And, you know, take anything you feel about COVID, take it to the most pure level. Uh, journalists, American citizens, everybody doesn't want COVID to be a bigger problem than it is. I mean, we don't want it to transmit, mm -hmm. right? Obviously. So they'll go through this. And at time, there was one time in particular, I remember, they were talking about um, research that showed that people who knew people who had a tough time with coronavirus mm -hmm. would be more likely to take precautions and less likely to spread the virus, mm -hmm. right? So good outcome, right? You don't want people to do that. So they were talking about how, like, maybe it's worth, as journalists, us writing up individual profiles of specific people who have had these circumstances to personalize the stories rather than saying a million people got it, saying here's one mother who got it because she went to a party. So is that a journalist it. or a storyteller? Well, that's, that it's interesting that you say it because I think when you look at it, something as pure as like we don't want people to die from coronavirus, you might say, well, we all have the same outcome and they're trying to communicate that message the best way possible. But then take it out of that for a second. And there is disagreement around how to deal with coronavirus, obviously. But take it out of even that for a second and go to if you are among a group of people that 100 percent of them think Donald Trump is Hitler. Right. Of course, it's a good outcome for us to stop Donald Trump Correct. from being president. Correct. So what kind of stories can we write to influence Correct. people to not vote for Donald Trump? And that's Trump? what they're doing. And that is that is the genesis that what's happening there, that. The the genesis of that idea was the Council on Foreign Relations. Let's get experts who know better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. Government agencies and the press will get the experts in the government agencies together and they'll say what we really have to do and teach it to the press so they can teach the American people. That's the authoritarian idea. Mm -hmm. Now you've added corporations into it. So now we've got this really nasty mix of social media, media, um, government, experts from EDU and corporations all shaping us. It's not good. No. Not good. It's very, I mean, it's super reminiscent of what we talked about at the beginning of the Obama administration with Cass Sunstein, right? I mean, and, and they, they have the best people in the world who know behavioral science and are trying to figure out how to influence people to these ends. So let me ask you a question. And it's been bothering me for the last week, and that, uh, maybe I probably shouldn't ask you this question live on air, but... Mm -hmm. um, Thank you. If you really believe these things, if you believe that you have the answer... Okay, and it's going to save millions of people and it's going to save the planet because the planet is going to be destroyed and it's going to heal people because they'll be able to eat and they'll have a fair shot and it's going to end racism. And you are constantly told that there are people who don't agree 
are trying to thwart you. They're bad, evil people. Um, They're violent. They're extremists. Where do you go from there? Yeah. You you, you eventually get to a point to where, like they're now saying, deprogram. So we got to depro. We got to put them into a program to change their minds. But at some point, you have to get to a point where these people are an obstacle, and they're stopping us from healing the world. You, you, we're we're coming to the yeah. end of a road to where your decisions are ugly. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of reminiscent of like an Eric Rudolph, right? Like uh, the abortion clinic bomber from the Mm -hmm. 90s, right? Like he got to that point where he was so anti-abortion and so these people are evil. And like, look, we obviously think it's a terrible practice. Um, But it came to the conclusion where I, if I believe this, what must I do? Correct. Right. And that is a, that's a place, it's not a good place to go. Um, And And it's worse. It's bad for the right Mm -hmm. doing that. Mm Um, because that will be, you know, uh, riots in the streets and whatever, all bad things. But then you have the people that are in power. Yeah. And when the people in power can convince half the com- uh, country, we must stop these people. They have the power to do things like rounding up the Japanese, etc. That should not be done. And we're. We're entering that time period where either side could go insane. Yeah. Well, so how do you diffuse this? Let's let's look at the real extremes here for a quick second. You know, think of the person who was a super QAnon supporter, maybe went to the riot, maybe didn't go inside the Mm -hmm. Capitol, was out there and really believed. And there's a lot of these people who really believed to that last minute that Donald Trump was going to walk out and arrest Hillary Clinton and arrest Joe Biden and become president again. It was a, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of people, not the majority of of the right Trump voters by any means, but there's a lot of them. And so deprogramming is obviously the wrong uh, way of thinking about that. Um, But there are people who are down these roads and some of the ones that went into the Capitol did so because they really believed um, that all of this was going on, right? Like the person who went to the pizza restaurant in Washington, D.C. with a gun believed he was going to save children did you have to in the de- tunnels. Did you have to deprogram him? No. The answer is no. He believed the facts. When he went there, Correct. he saw that there were no tunnels. It wasn't even a basement. Correct. And he believed, okay, all right, fine. But, but if does, you would have taken him mm-hmm. and the police would have said, shut up about this. You can't talk about this. Shut up. You're an extremist, blah, blah, blah. And not given him um, a forum within themselves to speak and hear the facts. Yeah. It would have made things much, much worse. The left is shutting down people. You can't do that. It's if you the more you shut people down in a broad category. Mm-hmm. And you say you can don't listen to any of that. The deeper those things will go. Yeah. You know, but by saying by showing, nope, he didn't arrest Hillary Clinton. So do you still believe Q? And do you still believe because none of those things happen? Right. Some people might still believe it, but it certainly has diminished diminished. in a large in a large way. But instead, what they've tried to do uh, with a lot of these things is ban the people. So they go either to Telegram or Signal or one of these other apps where it's not public anymore and it probably gets worse. But that goes down to the Axios article where they're talking about you can't have the government ban them. Yeah. 
you have to have a public company ban mm. them because the government will only company. turn yeah. them even deeper. We have no trust in a private uh, private company like Facebook or Google. We don't have any trust. Mm -hmm. We see them in bed together. It's true. And I don't know what the I, for, I mean, I think the answer, honestly, is we get a little too obsessed with trying to control these things. And if we just let the, eventually, I think the right information usually wins out. I mean, I know we're facing a new monster when it comes to social media and all of these other ways that information spreads so quickly. And maybe people are more susceptible to these ideas now. But I mean, you know, when you're talking about basic truths that we you've said this a million times, we have to have those basic truths that we agree on. We have to have, as a, for a functioning society, we have to have some sort of foundational truth that we've lost. That, that will not be solved by us talking about politics and policies. Right. We have to go back and talk to our neighbors at the local level and say, yeah, yeah, forget about all that stuff. That's crazy, isn't it? Let's talk about this. I don't want to get rid of your speech. Do you want to get rid of mine? And talk about principles. We have to, this is what the 912 Project was all about. Yeah. We must have those principles in common. If we don't have those principles in common, we're never going to be able to unite. And we don't have those principles in common. We, we need don't. them. And, 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 you know, uniting feels all kumbaya and is probably at, at the... You know, I don't know. At some level, it's impossible, right? But, it's, the, but the, you don't need to unite like we all agree on the same policies. The, the unification around an evil idea is evil. So I won't unite around book burning, silencing people, throwing them in jail for an opinion, whatever. I won't unite on that. I won't unite on this group can burn cities down to the ground. Right. But if this group does something, they're punished. Right. This one gets away with it. That is evil. The idea of that is an evil idea because it only destroys the human spirit and human freedom. So I can't unite on that, but I can unite on equal justice, mm -hmm. reform of the court system, reform of of our police departments where it's needed reform in washington democracy's not failing us we're not a democracy our representatives are failing us the republic is failing right now because of an oligarchy they go there and they get rich that has to be our principles found in our constitution bill of rights and declaration of independence well, i know you go uh, deep into tonight about how they're going to be controlling your speech this is about this is really about the modern red scare it is the modern red scare scared of red states red voters mm. the red hat and how those two run parallel same thing i still don't understand how republicans got red it totally should have been blue it was, they should have do, been red. Do, I know, but do you know why that happened? I, I it was. I, it was. They just stopped it one year, and they said uh, it was the press. The press. Yeah, it was decided, the press. Yeah. it was like one network. And right? it, they used to flip back and forth, back and forth, red and blue, red and blue. Mm. So we didn't have it's like Challenger versus. Yes. Uh, so what? no, it was one one election. It would be red. Oh, okay. The next election, they would be blue. Mm -hmm. And I think it was in two thousand. The press just decided, nope. 
they're red, they're blue from here on out. And I think that's part of the the division. We, we would switch colors even. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. There, it, and now symbolism. you're locked in. Hate the red, hate the blue. Hmm. All right. Well, it's tonight. Don't miss it. Uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, right after this show. If you're watching on Blaze TV, go to uh, blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is, uh, excuse me, I guess it's this one's blazetv.com slash Stu. Promo code is Stu. Uh, you can go there and get the 30 bucks off. I don't know that it actually unless matters. You like, unless you like me more. I mean, I'm just saying. That's I mean, what I would do. I don't. I don't. That's not helpful. That's what I would do. That's what you would do? That's what I would do. Okay. That's what I would do. We're going to look at an internal audit on, the, on all of the links <laughs> clicked tonight to see if it's him doing it over and over again. Uh, make sure you check out the show, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, the uh, name of it is The New Red Scare uh, and Our Reality Czars. Don't miss it. Glenn, thanks for coming on. You bet. Back in a second. UC Berkeley has a bunch of new restrictions due to coronavirus uh, for its students that are, are there. Uh, police officers will be monitoring dormitory halls. Uh, there will be frequent inspections of ID cards. And, you know, sometimes bad news brings good news. OK, sometimes uh, these terrible restrictions just line up with the life that you want to live. And that's why this one's great. There will be a ban on solitary outdoor exercise. Uh, which has been my life. I've been living that ban forever. So congratulations to me. The world is finally coming around to my lifestyle. And I appreciate that. That's from UC Berkeley. It's getting crazier and crazier there. Even when, as numbers come down, they seem to be getting more and more nuts. Um, Aunt Jemima finally has a new name. If you haven't seen this yet, uh, it's kind of interesting. It's really catchy. I almost feel like you, you just picture the wonderful uh, little jingle that's going to go along with their new name. The Pearl Milling Company. Pearl Milling Company. I guess this is uh, a thing in history. It seems like in 1875, they started uh, Aunt Jemima's, uh, old Aunt Jemima in 1875 to make the syrup. And then they started making the pancake mix. And they were like, we need a new company. And they named that one in 1888, the Pearl Milling Company. Aunt Jemima's rebranding uh, started in June. Uh, after they started, then it went to Uncle Ben's Rice. And then that we're going to, you know, as, as we all know, the goal is to take all African-Americans off of packaging. Uh, so they're getting to that goal as fast as they possibly can. Also, cream of wheat uh, was nailed. And I, I don't know. What, I don't know who wrote this article. It's fantastic. Um, oh, this is a, this is CNN. But I just love this sentence. Conagra owned syrup maker Mrs. Butterworth's whose humanoid bottle shape looks like a woman of color when filled with maple syrup. <laughs> That's just an awesome sentence. Uh, of course, they, they, uh, they bailed on there. Again, what, what was the goal of this society? What it was Martin Luther King's dream? No black people on packaging. That's what the man wanted, and finally we're getting there. Back in a second. No. <laughs> Trying to buy or sell a home in these times can be challenging. Uh, and that's why I need realestateagentsidetrust.com. I will say this. They're at no point, this is the promise from the Real Estate Agents I Trust people, they will never put an African-American on their website because I think that's what people want. I don't even understand anymore. That's, by the way, not true. I'm referring to the previous segment. Realestateagentsidetrust.com is, of course, Glenn Beck's company. So you'd believe 
that they would be a racist company, but that's not the truth. The truth is they just know where the best real estate agents are, no matter what the color, creed, race, gender. Any one of the 943 genders could be on realestateagentsitrust.com at any given moment. You can get realestateagentsitrust.com. Uh, when you go, you get the best agent in your area. They're going to hook you up with somebody who knows the area, who knows the paperwork. Of course, you're going to get all the basics, but you're also going to get someone that you can trust, someone who knows the area, someone who knows the people who could help you get repairs done, someone who knows what the hell they're doing, frankly. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to get that. Realestateagentsitrust.com. It's your most important financial transaction you'll probably make in your entire life. You better have someone you trust. Realestateagentsitrust.com. So the Dallas Mavericks uh, in Texas have decided they're not going to play the national anthem uh, anymore. They didn't kind of make a uh, they didn't make an announcement about it. They just started not playing it. Now they also don't have any people in the stadium. So it was a little weird. Um, Supposedly, sources say that Mark Cuban, um, the owner of the Mavericks, uh, said he did not play the anthem before games because many feel the anthem just doesn't represent them. Um, They are, are, by the way, being forced now by the NBA to play it. So we should see. I think tonight uh, is the game they should be playing it. Uh, The Dallas Stars made a uh, sort of sister statement uh, about the national anthem. They uh, tweeted... Uh, The playing of the National Anthem is a time-honored tradition, and the Dallas Stars will continue to perform the Star-Spangled Banner prior to our games at American Airlines Center. As the only National Hockey League uh, league team in Texas, we are proud to represent our state and our country. I mean, it makes you want to be a Dallas Stars fan, with the exception, of course, of the sport they're playing, which is, uh, you know, I think they skate or something. I'm I'm not exactly sure. Back in a second. Just an update so you know what the uh, wrong speak is uh, for the day. You're no longer allowed to say breast milk. That's now bad. Uh, Midwives at a hospital in England were directed to no longer use the words breastfeeding or breast milk. Now the correct is uh, human milk or chest milk. So now you know what to say about that uh, in case you you don't want to get on the wrong side of the uh, PC police. Uh, A guy, let me say this, this is bizarre. A guy... (laughs) has his uncle, who uh, is a big metal fan, a heavy metal fan, uh, he, uh, he dies in a car accident, donates his skeleton to science, okay? Uh, apparently, the, the research facility no longer needs his bones, sends them back to the family, which is, first of all, really freaking weird. The nephew gets them and is like, ah, what can I do with these? I could bury them, but why not instead make a guitar out of them? <laughs> so he actually... Like this, again, there's some good sentences in these news stories today. Um, uh, he found out, uh, he tried to get a couple people to do it. They, they backed out. He said, quote, no one has ever made a guitar out of a skeleton before. And it's, he started out consulting with two guitar shop guys who backed out after they got cold feet. I, I can't imagine why, but it is an actual working guitar made out of a human skeleton. And we're all going to hell. Let me give you one more thing. Speaking of this, we've got... Uh, David Hogg, he's going to make a pillow company. As I've stated before, all political debates should happen between rival pillow manufacturers. Just a, just a fundamental thing, I believe. And I don't know why anyone doesn't go along with that. Well, apparently David Hogg has come out 
uh, he's now getting criticized from his uh, other activist friends. Uh, Anybody want me to help find uh, find a way to cash out on dumb liberals? I would like to sincerely apologize for Gen Z activism. I think we've learned a valuable lesson about how the cult of personality um, has uh, has screwed up activism. And I love this. Uh, I spent so much time promising people this wasn't going to turn into a cash grab. Uh, I'm applying my clown makeup now uh, with apologies. So there you go.